Welcome to this episode of People with Purpose. I'm Steve Amston, and I oversee Orion Talent's diversity initiatives and military outreach through Higher Purpose. I'm truly excited to host this great episode with Camores, who is a diversity partner of Orion Talent. Camores is a different kind of chemistry company. They're driven by their purpose to create a better world through the power of our chemistry. They have a world-class portfolio. They provide solutions for industries ranging from automotive, paints, and laminates to advanced electronics, construction, energy, and telecommunications. They're helping to make the world that is more colorful, capable, and cleaner. I'm, uh, I'm personally very excited about this episode. Today, the topic will be advice for women in diverse talent on finding a career in STEM. All right, let's start the podcast. So first, um, what we'll do is just kind of uh, get to know each other and and have you all get to know the audience. Um, So first question, and we'll kind of go around and I'll call each of you out. Why don't you tell us about yourself? And that includes where you went to college um, and and why did you pick uh, the major you did around STEM? So Rose, do you want to start? Sure, I will. So my name is Rosalie Bexy. Um, I, uh, most people call me Rose. Um, I, I went to the United States Naval Academy, um, where a little bit of my you know, alumni uh, uh, signage here on this. Uh, and I uh, studied uh, aerospace engineering, specifically uh, aeronautical engineering. And uh, why did I pick that degree? To be brutally honest, I think I watched Top Gun one too many times when I was growing up. Um, but ultimately, no, and actually I had been uh, traveling since a young child, um, I had the opportunity to be able to fly, um, I'm a child of, of uh, two immigrants, and so to visit our family members, I would have to fly to either Europe or Mexico, and uh, I just started having a passion in, of how does planes work, how do, how, you know, um, you know, how do we, are we able to fly? And uh, so it drove me in that particular um, direction. Um, my father was an engineer as well, so that helped me dip, dip me in, in that type of field. And I've always been just naturally inquisitive and liking taking things apart and putting things back together. So um, that's a little bit about me. Great. And the, the second part of that is, and maybe it was part of the question before, why did you pick the major you picked or around STEM, a little deeper dive on the question? Or did you did you know you wanted to head into that when you were getting to college in general? I, I, when I went into college, I already knew that I was going to be an engineer. Um, a lot of it, actually, I probably figured most of that out when I was in, in high school, as it is with some of what my natural, what I had tendency through, um, some of my club activities, um, being the math club, and then just, again, um, you know, the, some of the exposure I had with my father being an engineer and understanding what he did um, really sparked my interest. And so it was just a matter, I knew it was going to be an engineer, it was a matter of which type of engineer I was going to be. And that's when, you know, Top Gun put me over the edge with the air. <laughs> it closed the deal. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, that's no, a great, great answer. Jasmine, you're next. Hi, everyone. So I'm Jasmine Smith. I went to Delaware State University at the HBCU in the state of Delaware. Um, I studied chemistry, actually, and (laughs) not sure when I think about why I or how I ended up studying chemistry. So in high school, I worked at Rite Aid. And so I was closely connected to people that worked in the pharmacy. So when I got to Dell State, I thought I want to be a pharmacist one day. Um, so naturally I had to choose a science. I said, well, biology is, is hard for me. I'm not really interested in it. Physics, not interested in that. So I guess I have to do chemistry. And so I ended up doing 
um, uh, internship my freshman year and in, in a lab. And I realized, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I could see myself doing this as a career. And I decided just to stick with the science. Great. And last but not least, Amber. Hi, everyone. Amber Wellman. I'm the director of sustainability for one of our businesses in Comores, Advanced Performance Materials. Um, and shortly, I'll become our chief sustainability officer. So very excited about that. And maybe we'll talk more about sustainability in a bit. But I went, I got my PhD in chemistry. I started at a small college in Wise, Virginia, that's affiliated with the University of Virginia to get my bachelor's degree in chemistry, and then decided to continue on graduate school at the University of Tennessee, go Vols, um, and it just kept going. So, um, you know, I'm, I've always been, like Rose said, very curious, um, wanted my first microscope set as early as I can remember, and just always wanted to know how things worked. Um, and, and I grew up in a very rural area. Um, I was looking up some statistics before this, and, and I was actually surprised that less than 10% of the population in the county I grew up in get a bachelor's degree, even. Um, as much as 20% don't even finish high school. So I didn't have a lot of examples of advanced education and science, but I was blessed with teachers very early on that, that you know, showed me a lot of attention. And so my high school chemistry teacher, I feel like chemistry chose me after that. Mm -hmm. um, he was just incredibly passionate. Um, he answered all my questions and even started a second elective chemistry course just so he could keep answering my questions. So from then on, it, it was a done deal. There was no debate about what my major was going to be. Wonderful. All, um, all great stories and um, congratulations on all of your successes collectively. Um, so the next one to kind of cue it up is as we promote higher purpose as a brand to help, uh, there's two pieces. One is to help diverse talent um, find great companies that they feel like they're making a difference, right, um, in what they're doing. And to me, culture is part of that, right? Uh, it's like culture's up here, and then you have inclusion and, and purpose. Um, so do you guys want to each answer why diversity and, and also more culture matters to you personally in your, your daily work? Um, and how Comores supports that? Then maybe we'll go back to you, Rose, especially as a vet and a, a female vet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, diversity is important to me because I probably, I'm an example of it. Um, you know, I'm, besides obviously being a, a veteran, but, you know, I already shared a little bit that both my parents were, were immigrants. Um, my father from Hungary, um, my mother from Mexico. And, um, you know, they came to this great country, which is based and is a role model of diversity. Yep. And um, and I, what I see in diversity, the values it brings is that so many different perspectives uh, on how you look being and everyone has the ability to contribute. And I think that's where um, Comores really fosters that culture, because I think the company really recognizes that as well, that having those different backgrounds at different um, uh, areas that we came from allows us to see things from different views yep. and makes us that much better. And, you know, and we're a, we're a company of science and development and that, yep. you know, that brings a lot of creativity that way. So I, yeah. lo I love that. Uh, I love that answer. I, I think back at my career and you guys are all much younger than me, but I remember some of the, the best groups that I work with. Um, people had nothing in common 
right? But they were all like really smart and all had opinions and no one disrespected each other. Um, but it was it was amazing um, when you have all these different perspectives because then you start learning from each other. So um, that's awesome. How about you, Jasmine? So um, why does diversity matter to me? I think as a black woman, I can kind of um, explain that in, in two uh, examples. Uh, so a few years ago, I was reading this article and it was about a, a female chemist who was researching, you know, bioengineering breast milk um, as a sort of drug delivery system for newborns and, and infants. And as I was, you know, kind of reading the article, I thought, wow, like, this is amazing. Um, and my second thought was a man could not have thought of this. And while that's probably extreme, maybe a man could have thought to, you know, bioengineer breast milk. Um, it it begs it it brings up the question you know what about people's individual experiences um, can they bring to to science in 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 this specific example to contribute to the uh, you know larger society um, and so that article has stuck with me ever since and I try to think of that um, in the spaces that I'm in and the work that I do you know. Do we all look alike in the same room? What what voices are we missing? Because you know we may be missing out on you know a novel. Not in, you know in our in our work we don't do drug delivery, but in that example we may be missing out on a novel drug delivery system. Yeah. Um, and so with that example, I think that is something that I think is so important to consider and promote, especially in the sciences. And then secondly, I think of a divert a diversity report that just came out um, with um, the National Science Foundation. And, you know, in 2021, I believe um, the, the report, the statistics reported from only 4% of chemists are, are Black. And that's not a large number. And so back to the bioengineering of breast milk, what, what perspectives are missing from this sort of, you know, um, inequity of, of voices at the table. And, you know, coming from an HBCU, I, I'm a strong advocate, like how can we get more, more black voices at the table? How can we get more female voices at the table? And Camores does a really great job of um, trying to, to bring more voices in. We have a scholarship that supports, you know, minority communities or underrepresented communities in the sciences. Um, we have, MOUs and partnerships with local HBCUs. And so it, it really speaks to the commitment. And like Rose brought up, you know, we have, you know, commitments to get females into leadership roles. And this specifically um, it means a lot to me. I remember when the pandemic first started. So um, currently I work in sales, but um, when the pandemic first started, I was in the lab. And so I also um, am a mom. And at the time, my boss, who was a female, she pulled me aside and she said, hey, like, are you OK? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. And she said, well, I know your son is not in school because they closed the, all the schools at the time. He's not going back to school for the rest of the school year. She said, if you need to readjust your schedule to make sure that you're there for your son, let me know. We can work something out. And that 
meant a lot to me that spoke so much to me. And I think because she was a woman and because she's a mother, she kind of could um, put herself in my shoes. Um, you know, young mom with a young son, no, you know, everything shut down, no, you know, routine with school. Um, and so that just spoke high volumes to me. I felt seen, I felt valued. And it ultimately contributed to me having really high job satisfaction. And it trend, you know, my job transcends beyond, you know, the day-to-day activities, but also in how I can show up as a woman and a black woman. Yeah, beautiful beautifully said I have a couple of thoughts. I think of I mean Rollins STEM and science, like the jobs of companies like you is to make generations better. Right. Like that's it's not just about doing a job like it's trying to figure out how to make a problem and then hopefully make the next generation something easier. Um, So the work that you're doing is so important and diversity is probably part of that because you want more ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. So did that all sound somewhat of a good summary? And then, yeah, I've been now working with the Comores team and they are incredible. uh, they're they're the real deal in terms of delivering programs and, and authenticity. Amber. Yeah, I mean, Rose and Jasmine have really hit the nail on the head there when it comes to my perspective as a female scientist is diversity of thought, right? How are we going to solve the world's most challenging problems? We can't do that by doing the same things we've always done. So I think we have to have more diversity of thought, and that comes from diversity in our talent pools, especially in STEM. And then, you know, from the perspective of a sustainability leader, we've got some societal challenges, right? We've got to decarbonize our economy, combat climate change, preserve our natural resources. And we're not going to do that unless we're able to innovate um, and partner in ways that we've never done before. So I think it it just speaks to what both Rose and Jasmine have said. We need that diversity. And I would say we also need the inclusion. Yeah. So it's not just about people being present, but that they're at the table with the voice. Yeah. And, you know, I love Kamor's vision because it starts with together, yeah. we create a better world. So, you know, that to me speaks to inclusion. We want all voices at the table. And I really do feel that in my role. Wonderful. Um. So the next, the next question, just to once again, frame it as, as we have you ladies give advice um, to 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 younger women getting into STEM as career advancement. All of you have had you've changed roles at the jobs, which is awesome and lovely. So maybe what you could each do is talk about um, how you started Comores and some of the career development, so um, these younger women can understand some some options in terms of because it's such a broad area right and what i love about these stories is you've all gone in different directions and they're all amazing so if you um you know as i said in the beginning you know i'm ex-military navy um and my degree being aeronautical engineering and um is a chemical company where you know we're developing great solutions for the future here and uh, so some people would probably question what is an aeronautical engineer uh, doing with the company. And uh, it's probably one of the best things is that um, the way I see it is the company recognizes folks for the skills um, and talent they bring. They, you don't get labeled by what your degree title is. Um, they really look at you as a person and what you can bring to the table. And so I've had a, 
a wide variety of positions within the company. And I started off as a reliability engineer. Um, my first nine years were basically maintenance and reliability. Um, and then, you know, I was also in supervision and, and, and was a uh, engineering manager for the Nomex business uh, in, in Richmond. And then, you know, I did some continuous improvement work, which is great. So that's another whole different opportunity there. And, and a lot of it is because the, you know, the company saw that hey, I had different perspectives I could bring to the table. So it wasn't the fact that I had a degree in Six Sigma, if anything, it was after the fact that they end up training me and, and providing me to some tools uh, just to foster some of the skill sets I already had, you know, demonstrated. And then, uh, and then from there, now I'm in, in operations, uh, you know, moved over and, and did a couple roles in operations. And now I'm a plant manager of, uh, you know, two chemical plants and a, a packaging facility. And, uh, you know, most people would say that doesn't necessarily match up with what my degree is on paper, but that's all it is. My paper degree basically demonstrated that I had the ability to, um, to learn and to um, be able to to uh, demonstrate some troubleshooting skills and and collaborative, you know, working with others. But, you know, it's really, you know, I think it's really the best about Comorce. Just really, they see you as a person and see yeah. you what bring the table. Yeah, they're investing in your career. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful, Jasmine. So, I, again, Rose <laughs> really sets the stage. So I started um, working, um, doing environmental testing. I, uh, my first six and a half years with another company and I decided I, I wanted to try something new, um, got into Comores and I, I started um, doing, you know, R&D research in, in one of the R&D labs. And then maybe two years later, it was like, okay, I've spent eight and a half years um, professionally working in a lab what else can I do? And it's like, you know, my bachelor's is in chemistry, my master's is in statistics. I don't have any, you know, quote unquote, business skills. Um, so am I limited? And well, the fact of the fact of the matter was not necessarily. So Comores has this rotational program called the Commercial Development Program in which you can transition to business roles um, such as sales and marketing procurement and you're given, you know, on the job training, you're collaborating with different functions, different individuals at different levels to, you know, kind of give you the skills that you need to be a um, robust business professional. And so that's currently what I'm I'm doing right now. So I am finishing up my first rotation in sales and soon um, I'll transition to a marketing role. And I'm I'm just super grateful that I'm able to have this opportunity um, because there's a lot of grace given. You know, <laughs> I, I came into the rotational program, you know, scared. I'm gonna make a mistake. I I don't know. I may not know the answers to a lot of things, but it's very much, you know, you know, learn um, as you go with a lot of grace given and with the idea that, you know we all have the same goal at the end of the day. We're a team. Um, we just want to contribute to the success of the business and the larger company. Wonderful. Amber. Yeah, so maybe I'll go just a little bit of a different direction in the network that had helped helped me throughout my career um, to think about different different career paths because I got my PhD in chemistry. I thought I'd be in a lab the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I quickly 
saw a network of particularly female scientists and female leaders that were willing to talk to me about their career paths. And, and I quickly realized nobody's the same. I yeah. mean, everybody had a very different journey and were given so many different opportunities. And they really were able to kind of find the area that they fit. Because I, I, finding what you love is is super important, but also finding what you don't love can be really yeah. important along the way too. And it just it was eye opening to me as I started to to talk to more and more female leaders that there is no right or wrong career path. And and Camores is very open to letting you try different things. Um, I, similar to Jasmine, I went from technology into a commercial role. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I don't know much at all about how to run the business. But I learned really quickly. And and I think it was recognized that I, I did learn quickly and contributed quickly. And then I was given other opportunities. So um, and maybe I'll just close with Comores has so many fantastic female leaders. Yeah. I think our executive team is actually over 50 percent female now, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, you know, we have a lot of great examples in the company and they're so willing to talk to you about their experiences um, through our Comores Women's Network, which is one of our employee resources group, or otherwise, just to grab a coffee or lunch. So, you know, I think that really sets us apart. And, and I hope, you know, Rose and Jasmine nodding their head, they see it too, mm-hmm. that we're all in it together, like, like we've said, and willing to help each other. Wonderful. Um, the next is just a little bit of um, like a day in the life, and I'm sure it's a loaded question because every single day is different, right? So it's not like, but maybe just, uh, you know, like what is a day like for for each of you in terms of, of what you do? So Rose, will go with you. So day in the life as a plant manager, um, no two days are the same. Yeah. I can tell you that much. So, um, and and that's you know that's that's the fun part of it. Um, you know, there are regular um, meetings and and um, commitments that I have as being a plant manager, part of it. But you know, you also get the opportunity at times. You know, we do have sometimes. Um, you know, getting involved with some process troubleshooting um, issues. Um, being able to um, set up, have meetings with my um, operators and communicating some business um, uh, information or how we're doing. And then one of the other added benefit a lot of times is that we're the face of the, of the plant site. And so we get to interact with our communities and, and share what we do, but also share how we do it safely. So, uh, so a typical day, you know, it, 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 it it'll vary. And then some days are longer than others, depending on what's going on. Um, and we have turnarounds and other operational commitments. We and um, I just want to say is the the best thing about it, but really ultimately is the people. Um, I'm just naturally I'm a people person. I take the most joy out of um, watching my colleagues succeed. And you know, there's something about um, seeing somebody who's you know a group of folks that are troubleshooting, trying to overcome something. Might be it might be hey why is this pump not working right? To why is the product uh, product quality issues with a particular process or something? And watching them all contributing, working together, all um, playing a role. And then when they get it, watching the coming the solution, watching that light bulb go off and that joy and that 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 accomplishment by them is just. That's why I enjoy the most. I really do. That's wonderful. Uh, Jasmine. So uh, what does a day look like for me? Uh, obviously, it, it differs day to day. Um, 
I will say when I was in the lab, I used to say, you know, no two days are alike, but I realized there was a bit of a routine working in the lab, especially when you think about the tests that you're running on a regular basis. Um, one thing that kind of pushed me outside of the lab was I wanted to understand what my what that lab work, how it contributed to the company on, on a larger scale. And so I'm kind of getting that in this role because I work intimately with many different functions. So whether it's supply chain, um, it, that was such, that's been such a, a dynamic relationship, especially as we're navigating through COVID, um, you know, supply chain logistics have been heavily impacted. So making sure that we're able to make timely deliveries, um, ensuring, you know, we have the correct forecast, um, signal to to supply chain. So I do a lot of forecasting and demand planning work. Um, the engagement with the customers, being able to to understand what they're what they're looking for, what they want to um, provide their customers. That's um, I'm involved with that, especially around you know new product development. Um, building, you know, not just transactional relation, not just transactional relationships, but you know, you know, relationships where we you know have a partnership um so working closely with the customers um any any sort of customer engagement i'm involved with and um yeah it's a lot of like one-off <laughs> um one-off work that i'm i'm able to get involved with and it's been um really interesting and really fun, um, especially when it comes to like the new product development and and also understanding what the the leverage of Comores is and how do we communicate that to our, our customer base, um, especially as we deal with, you know, the regulatory um, environment that we're in. Great. Amber. I'm going to continue to the, the theme that no two days seem to be the same, which is mm -hmm. part of why I love it. Um, but the the thing that's great about sustainability is I get to work with essentially every function, all aspects of the business, because really, if we're going to be leaders in sustainability, it's not going to be because of one person or one team. It's going to be because everybody knows the role that they play. Um, and it it's just, you know, really empowering to think that we can drive a different future and that we can do well as a business by doing good for the world. And I 100% believe that we can do that. And it's not just about environmental. There's certainly environmental aspects. I think a lot of people, when they think about sustainability, they think, oh, it's environmental. And it is, but it's a whole lot more. And so Jasmine mentioned new product development. It's so exciting to tap into the innovation in Comores and, and how we are going to have offerings that are going to change transportation, lithium-ion batteries or fuel cells, and, and clean energy, green hydrogen. So, you know, seeing that sustainable innovation play out and then seeing the role that we're playing in our communities, like Rose mentioned. Um, you know, we have scholarship efforts. We have community engagement panels. Um, we're, we're doing a whole lot to improve the capabilities of our workforce. Um, so it's about people, too. And I, I just... I love being a sustainability leader because I do get to see so many aspects of the business and, and I do think that it's creating business value through sustainability. Great. Um, we're going to keep the question to you, Amber. So we're going to okay. <laughs> um, so follow Rose's have, suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have this belief and I'd like it validated by you all that younger talent, when I say younger talent, that's post-college to 
I'll say 30 because it's all relative because I'm 51, right? Um, believe they want to find a job with purpose, right? That they're making a change, they're making a difference. And sustainability is, is essentially that, right? Um, so, you know, can you, can you um, maybe just give an overview of, of why that commitment and sustainability is important? And then as people look for jobs, maybe they should think of like look into companies with that because look into are these companies doing good as part of your research strategy yeah absolutely i mean clearly i have a passion for sustainability and and i agree with you steve it really is about purpose and you know if you think about what would your response be if someone said why does your company deserve to exist um and i think Camores, it's clear, we've talked about, we we want to use the power of chemistry, which I'm also pretty passionate about. Chemistry can do some pretty impressive things, um, but we want to use it for good and to create a better world. So, you know, I, I see clearly the the sustainability purpose for Camores. Um, but you also said something I think that's important, Steve. It's about the long term and yeah. it's about resilience. And that that's what a business is is looking at, right? You want to be in it for the long haul. You want to make sure that, you know, you're going to meet the needs of today without compromising growth in the future. So yep. sustainability is just so, to me, interconnected into business resilience. Um, and so that's why I say I think that we can do well by doing good. Um, yep. And it's not just because it feels good. It's because there's real business value in it, too. Yep. Wonderful. So this is probably my my favorite question. All of them are great, but so what advice would you give to to women as they um, go to college and they're choosing a major to 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 look at um, STEM? So why don't we go to you, you Jasmine, if that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> so I I was thinking about this question and I, I went to, I, I love journaling, so I have a career journal. So that's a, a bonus tip. Make sure you have a career journal where you can kind of, you know, write out your questions and things you learn and whatever. So I, I went to my career journal with this question and um, I, I was reflecting on a conversation that I had with one of our, our business presidents, Ed Sparks. And I was sharing with him, you know, my my general anxiety and my struggles with, you know, imposter syndrome. I think it's it's easy for women in a traditionally male um, heavy field to feel, you know, I don't belong. My my voice doesn't matter or I don't I don't want to ask a stupid question or what have you. And, you know, Ed, you know, again, this theme of grace coming back up. Um, he he said, you know, it's not necessarily about knowing everything or being an expert in the field. It's about being curious, um, you know, having good business judgment, listening. Um, and again, he kept emphasizing, be curious, ask the questions. I know that's easier said than done. Um, but he, one thing he also, you know, he's, he's also pressing upon me is, you know, the second that you know a subject too well, um, you you lose that curiosity and mm -hmm. you lose the ability to be able to innovate or, you know, contribute. And so that's what, you know, Camorra's values innovation. And I think that may be a reason why um, a, 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 the company encourages people to transition to different positions or different roles um, throughout, you know, whether it's in, in the lab or on the business side. 
Um, and so, again, you know, while STEM might not be the traditional field for people that look like us on the call, um, it, it's it's okay. You know, we we have you know perspectives. We have, you know, opinions and, and thoughts. And again, we have that curiosity. So always remember to tap into that curiosity, um, you know, because at the end of the day, the only bad choice that we can make in our careers is one that won't stretch us. It's beautifully said. Thanks. Now I'm switching back to you, Rose, because I'm going to stir things up. So Sounds good. And actually, you know, uh, speaking of stirring things up, Steve, I'm going to uh, put a little twist on your question. You, you asked about what advice can we provide to uh, young women in college. I actually would like to put a twist on it saying, what advice can, uh, can we provide to young women in the military yes. uh, about pursuing a career right. in STEM? And, uh, and for me, uh, my answer to them is go for it. You know, you touched it a little bit, Jasmine, around that there is a stigma around that we are still in a somewhat um, male-dominated fields in STEM. And one thing why I say for the women in the military is that they already are. That, you know, it is still a male-dominated field in the military. So they have been successful and they've strived in, in, in that particular field. So transitioning to STEM, um, um, in that part of it, you know, that's one barrier that or hurdle that some women might be uh, somewhat intimidated about that they don't have to worry about. And um, what I think is really great is that, you know, Comores is here that help for a lot of uh, those folks, especially um, I would say, you know, um, enlisted um, military folks who might not have a, a degree to be able to come into the company, show some interest in STEM, and we have the tuition um, reimbursement program that's there for them. So they can, um, besides, I think they probably still have access to somewhat of the GI Bill, but um, we have our own company um, program there that would help them if they pursue, they want to go get a degree in in chemistry, in you know, in engineering, and some other uh, field within uh, within STEM. So I really, I really do encourage them to take a hard look at that. Great. That's a, a great call out. Thank you, Rose. Amber. Yeah, so I think back about a book that I read several years ago, um, and there was a quote there that has stuck with me. Whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. Mm. So I look at, you know, I don't accept that women can't excel and advance in STEM. I don't mm. accept that women that come from, you know, rural or underserved areas can't do great things. So when you look look around and say, hey, I don't choose that, I'm going to change it. I just mm -hmm. say, like Rose said, go for it. Mm -hmm. We can do hard things. <laughs> I like that quote. I, I, like I that. do too. I, I love it. It's, it's from Note quote. to Self. It's a it's a gratitude book, but it, that quote has just stuck with me. Wonderful. Um, so the the um, the next question is around. I'll say psychological safety and, and I'll call it on my side allyship like as I look at you know, I'm a gay man and you want to feel safe you want to feel accepted right so do you want to speak about like how Camor's culture incorporates psychological safety in your culture and um, let's see who we're going to go next Amber when are you continue since you're on a roll <laughs> yeah um, I think Jasmine brought this up as a topic and and I think it's so appropriate because in Camor's we've started talking about holistic safety 
and, and what it means to be physically safe, which is important. Of course, you know, Rose has got a picture of a plant site behind her. We do make chemicals, so nothing will ever, you know, get in the way of our safety obsession. But like you said, Steve, it's it's about do you feel safe? You know, do you psychologically feel like you can show up and bring your full self to work? Um, and we're recognizing that that is incredibly important too, right? And, you know, I think about allyship, we're encouraged to join employee resources group and it doesn't have to be the women's network because yep. you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've joined other resource groups because I can be an ally. Um, even if I'm not LGBTQ, I can be an ally and say, I'm here to support you and I want you to show up fully to work. Um, so I just, Camor supports it. And I just love this notion of a holistic safety because it doesn't take away from our safety obsession. I think it really improves it. Yeah. Jasmine, I know you told a beautiful story about, about your boss, but maybe give a, another example of, if that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to the NSF study where there's only about 4% of African-Americans or Black people in chemist roles. Um, that's not a lot. <laughs> and I think about the the times that I was in the lab, I was either the only one or one of maybe two or three, um, whether they were male or female. And so it's often, you know, you can feel isolated um, and it can be uncomfortable. You don't know how people will receive you. Um, and even little things such as like my hair. Um, I'm not sure if people are aware on the call, you know, there's legislation in, you know, the United States where we're, we're trying to make it illegal to discriminate against um, people for how they wear their hair. But I think of Camores and, you know, how I've been received, um, you know, working in the lab or the business, you know, Camores does a really great job. I, I think it's evident that it's in our DNA for, you know, us to speak up when we see someone's voice isn't being amplified mm. or someone, you know, is not, does not feel comfortable to speak mm. up. Um, and so we really, that's a, from my perspective, that's a core of who we are as a company. And it just makes it that much safer to show up as who you, you truly are. Yeah. Bruce. Both these ladies have said it very well. And I'm just probably going to emphasize on the fact that, you know, how important it really is to have that um, psychological safety and holistic safety. Because if you really, whatever reason, um, it, it where you don't feel safe, if you then you can't bring your true self to the plant or to 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 work on that. And if you're not doing that, then there's a part of us that we're missing. We're not, you know, being able to engage, and that might impact your creativity. That might, you know, depending on the environment, that could cause a physical safety issue yep. because of it, because you're distracted, and now you know you potentially could you know, make a mistake in a lockout or walk into an area not wearing a proper PPE. So just to, to recognize that Comores is has seen this and is adopting it and bringing it into our, our um, to our plant sites and everything is just, it just speaks amplitudes about our company that, you know, that we want to get the most out of our people, but also care, truly care about our people. Yep, I can see that across all fronts with everyone of, I've talked to across the company. So last question, and this has been um, amazing. And I asked this uh, to, to, to every uh, presenter or um, 
on all of these podcasts. It'll be interesting to to get your answers. Um, so if you were if, to give advice to to younger talent, when I say younger talent, it could be high school, right? Uh, your 15-year-old niece um, or, or friend's niece trying to find a career with purpose, you know, what would it be? And we'll go to you, Jasmine, first. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, advice for high schoolers um, or younger talent, I would suggest to try anything and everything. Um, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you're interested in. Um, and the world is literally at at our hands. Um, I, I mentioned I thought I wanted to be a pharmacist. It wasn't until I had a professor say, mm, why don't you try doing some research? Um, and I, I gave that an opportunity and I said, well, actually this is this is fairly interesting. I think I now I want to do you know a pivot into R&D. Um, I think about, you know, just the term chemist is so general and broad and what the opportunities um, that exist as a chemist, what they are, you know, it could be in cosmetics, um, mm -hmm. flavors, even advocacy. Look at Amber, she's in sustainability, but her background in chemistry supports that. Um, there, There's literally nothing you can't do. And so when I say try anything and everything, it's to open up um, the opportunities that you may not even be considering or, or on your radar. Great advice. Amber. I'm going to go back to where we all started. Stay curious, mm -hmm. you know, be engaged, ask questions, don't accept the status quo because, you know, if you're not changing it, you're choosing it. I keep coming back to that, but um, yeah, just be curious and, and, and keep pushing. Rose. I'm going to build uh, probably build on um, what Jasmine had to say, you know, um, try different things. And so that can be within your school, you know, being in different clubs, math clubs, um, robotics clubs, um, maybe, you know, within your leadership, you know, school leadership, if there are student consoles, et cetera, like that. But then also, and even you can look outside your schools. Are there community activities that you can participate in? Is there, you know, do you want to, you know, try maybe some type of, you know, you go to participate in the cleanup? And because yeah. of the cleanup, you all of a sudden got interest in, well, you know, I, I saw this particular animal and that might put you towards biology. Or, hey, I saw, you know, as I'm picking up plastic on the side of the road, you know, oh, what is this going to do to the environment? What can I do to, to try to prevent this from happening? Um, you know, if someone leaves something behind so that it could actually biodegrade there and not have a lasting effect or, you know, or is there other ones where you might, you know, you know, your neighbor's a, a particular career, you know? might ask them some questions or see what other programs are available that will introduce you to different fields. There's other, you know, for us here in Comores, and, you know, one of our CRC activities is with our vibrant communities. Yeah. And we're doing activities specifically where we are engaging with local high schools and um, other groups. And like here at my plant site here coming up here in March, we're going to actually do introducing um, girls to engineering. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing around 20 some girls, high school girls into the plant to be able we'll do a couple activities here, but giving them tours. And we just opened up to a we opened up to a local high school here and to our employees who have who have um, daughters and say, hey, just come in, take a look, 
you know, and if you have programs available at the, about that, take advantage of that. You you might not, you might be surprised. You might walk in there not knowing anything and then leave being, hey, I like it. I'm, I want to be an operator or, I, you know, I want to be a, uh, in operations or do or engineer or something. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing the, the, the theme is be open and be curious. I love that. Just be open. It's like a, it's like a book, right? You, you can build the chapters you want and. Um, every experience lends on each other. Um, so this is limited is completely up to them. It's up to them. Be open and be mm -hmm. curious. Um, so this has been wonderful. Um, you're you're all incredible and doing great work and um, kind of changing the world. Um, so I'm very proud of this podcast and and the partnership with Comores. So um, I'll wrap it up here. So thanks for everyone to, uh, listening to this episode of People with Purpose. Thanks to Amber, Rose, and Jasmine for the great advice you gave to helping women in diverse talent find a career in STEM. And uh, please stream us at Apple, Google, or SoundCloud for future episodes. Take care, okay? Bye.